Today, Rachel is sharing how one strategy changed everything with her client. Today's strategy is yet another example of the type of remediation offered in educational therapy and the impact it can have. Also, it's been a while since we've recorded, so we catch up with each other and you. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 96 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. Steph, it's been a month, I want to say, since we've recorded. We had batched episodes. I can't remember what we've shared on the podcast and what not, but (laughs) don't worry. When I run into Smarties in real life, they remind me. For those wondering, the drapes came out great in my bedroom, but... (laughs) What has been going on? First of all, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Happy birthday, Olive. Oh, it's yeah, Olive's birthday. birthday. She's Olive. a new big sister. Yes. So our friend Caitlin, who is a smarty, had a baby, you guys. It's very exciting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we had to take this break because I had surgery. I took a couple weeks off from the practice, and I'm happy to say that I'm feeling better. Yes. It was rough. Yes. There was a lot of pain. Rachel was also reminding me of things that I have no recollection of happening. (laughs) The very important things like me texting you and saying, you got to watch Love is Blind on Netflix because I wanted to talk about it with you. Didn't even know it existed. She told me yesterday, she's like, what is the show? You're like the third person to tell me about it. The other two were so-and-so. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was the first person to tell you about it. How dare you? You were just high and didn't remember. Oh, man. Pain medication. It's lonely when the other one is out of commission for whatever reason. I traveled a bunch last year. And we give each other the space that we need. Like, we don't talk about business stuff. We still talk while I'm traveling or while you're having surgery or you're traveling. (laughs) Yeah, business is off the table. Yeah. Business is off the table. I kept a list of all the things that I needed to discuss with you. Oh, yeah. You had a board for me. I did on Trello. Yeah. Isn't the board the whole thing? And it's just one list within the board? Yes. Okay. So I had a list for you. Yeah. You weren't your own board. Okay. Maybe I need one. Yeah, maybe, probably. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what's Trello? Yeah. Join the Learn Smart Pro to learn more about that. <laughs> I've really become accustomed to your immediate attention. And so when you're <laughs> out of commission, it's hard. Yeah, I understand. Did you know that I was texting with your mom? Yeah, I did uh, know that. Okay. I do remember her telling me that, actually. Yeah. And I assumed you would anyway, but yeah, yeah, there was a couple people that were texting with my mom and everything is very fuzzy, but <laughs> you're better. I'm better. You're improving. I'm definitely improving. I'm going to be feeling much better. It wasn't like a major surgery. It was on my sinuses and it was nose related. <laughs> so yeah, she's healthy. She's fine. Yes. Just life will be better now. I'll be able to breathe and hopefully not be as sick as often. So It's been a wild ride and uh, being in constant pain, those of you who are in constant pain, like it just, I feel for you because it's crippling in a lot of ways. And even my brain still post-surgery, I'm having some trouble with word recall, with word recall. Thank you. Because already I couldn't remember what it was called. And once I get there, it's there, but it makes me remember that things that are easy, you take for granted. And when it becomes hard and you're not used to it being hard, it's an adjustment. Yeah. So... 
I know that we all have something. So I'm glad to be getting better and hopefully everything will, I'll be back to 100% soon. And it feels good to be recording, but I feel a little like, whoa, we haven't done this in a long time. So yeah, here we are. When we busted out the equipment, it was like, oh, it's been a minute. And that's happened a couple of times when I was getting married. And there's been a couple of times where you and I have taken an extended break and then we've just got to kind of ease back into it. So we'll ease back into it with today's episode and we're recording again next week and forever. So (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. So what's new with you besides the drapes? Oh, the drapes are so good. We got the bedroom furniture, which I love. I can't wait for you to see it next weekend. We're going to host a housewarming party, which I'm completely ill-equipped for. I said to Adam last night, you know, people are buying out water bottles everywhere because for some reason people think we're not going to have water because of coronavirus. But I actually need water bottles for this party. And Adam was like, yeah, I guess everyone's going to drink beer. (laughs) I was like, great, because I don't think beer is sold out. So we're going to be hosting that. And we invited way too many people. But, you know, we figured we'll get it done three hours. And we like having people over and love my new bedroom set. I keep sending stuff pictures of it at different times of day. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun people. I think it'll be the first time everyone's really been together since our wedding. Yes. Because why would people have come together since the wedding? No, they haven't. Yeah. Work is super busy right now for both of us. Yeah. Which involves me getting a haircut at like 830 at night because there was no (laughs) other time to do it. And I couldn't take it anymore. You guys, you know, that feeling where you're just like, I'm going to chop it and then you're going to chop it too short. Yeah. I didn't chop it too short. I actually feel like I could have gone shorter. So might be going back to Olivia for another 830 appointment at night. But yeah, Steph, you have big news. In addition to recovering from surgery. I do. I do have big news. Hopefully your team will know by now because (laughs) the episode will come out. But at the time of recording, we haven't announced it to your team. So I like how I said we haven't announced it. Yeah, yeah. So my therapist is expanding. Yay. Yay. And we are now... Two locations. Have two locations. One in Redondo Beach and one in Palos Verdes, which is about six miles away. I just signed the lease and I will get the office together and looking cute. Nerve wracking, but very exciting. This all kind of fell into your lap yeah. really when you were coming out of recovery. Yeah. I'm like really starting to go back to working and all that. And I was like, do it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Yeah. It doesn't feel real yet, but it will. I'll say this on the podcast. I also have three offices now in the same building, but every time we expand, it's super scary, but our teams are so amazing. Yeah. It's so true. And the clients we get to work with are so awesome that part of doing the podcast is we want to broaden our impact. And I guess that means locally as well. So yeah. Yeah. If you are interested in working with Maya Therapist in Redondo Beach, California, and Palos Verdes, California. Steph is currently fielding phone calls, so go sign up for a phone call at myedtherapist.com. Just a reminder, we both work virtually. Yes. We work virtually best with middle and high schoolers, college age, whatnot. If you have a little kid that is in elementary school and needs reading remediation, that is going to be best done in person with a local service provider. If you are having trouble finding someone, 
let us know. We can help. We can help with that. Yeah. But yeah, that's important because we respect your time and money and our time yeah. and resources. And so definitely local for a little yeah. elementary age student. Mm-hmm. But if you're working on executive functioning and that type of stuff, hit us up. Yeah. Or middle school and high school aged kids. Exactly. College kids. All good. So, Rach, you have a story that you wanted to share. Okay. So I've been saving this for the podcast. It was on my list of things to talk to you about because I was very proud of the strategy. So I'll just kind of go into the history of this client a little bit and then how the strategy has kind of like taken hold for her. So she was initially referred, I believe she was towards the end of third grade. And mainly because she was really struggling with math. Over the summer going into fourth grade, we made tremendous strides. And Smarties, that is a wonderful time to start remediation because we don't have the pressure of school Mm -hmm. looming over us. And so we really get the luxury. That's when we do the most fun and creative things with our clients because we're so free to really go where the client needs Mm -hmm. without kind of outside elements. And so we worked through all that. It's so funny stuff because when I ask clients, what would you tell somebody else about educational therapy, what they will learn? Mm -hmm. Because I've been floating with this idea of having them figure out a way to talk to each other before they start. I'll tell you more about that later. Okay. And she said, skip counting. Every client who has ever done skip counting with me, that is like their big takeaway of what they tell people about their experience with educational therapy because it takes mastering math facts and makes it really fun and Mm -hmm. creative Mm -hmm. and it's fast to teach kids about how to do that and I know that we've talked about math on this podcast before yeah so we will link those episodes in the show notes anyway she was initially referred for that always has kind of been a struggling reader as well She's now in the fifth grade, and really what we were working on was written expression, which is getting her ideas onto the page. And we were encountering a lot of perfectionism that was preventing her from even getting started. Mm -hmm. She wanted to say the exact right thing. She wanted to say it in the exact way that she had it in her mind, and it was taking her a long time to convert that to thoughts on the page. And then what would happen is, let's say she was writing a story, she would spend a full page written typed on the computer in like exposition Mm. of like background of the story. And it would take so long, you know, if it's a mountain to get to the top of the mountain of what's actually happening. Yeah. And so we started doing something very interesting, which was I just wanted her to identify the who, what, where, when, and why. And sometimes why it depended on the situation. But what I did was I went and I Googled, I just wanted visual images. And the New York Times had this great website of just images. And the reason I did images is because I wanted to inspire thought and I didn't want to have any words on the page. Mm. And I wanted her to be solely responsible for figuring out who was in it, what was happening, where it was, and what it was. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be open-ended because that's where she particularly was struggling. Can I ask a question? What was the prompt? There was no prompt. It was just... A picture. Okay. So I put the picture up on the iPad, Mm -hmm. and she had like three or four, and all I said was, tell me who's in it, what's happening, where it is, and when it's happening. Mm -hmm. And she did not like this because, again, she's a very concrete thinker, Mm -hmm. but she needed to work on her flexibility and openness and imagination. 
because she actually has an amazing imagination, but she would get so caught up in wanting it to be right. And there was no right answer by design. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we wrote who, colon, what, colon, where, colon, when, colon, skipping yeah. a line in between because she didn't need a ton of details to answer those questions. So she would make it up, which was perfect. And she did this for several images. I only started with step one. Then once she kind of got the hang of doing that, we went back and I said, okay, I want you to write me one sentence that incorporates all the different elements. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. And don't go on with the story. Yep. All you have to hit is who, what, where, when, why. Thank you. If it worked. And the why we actually kept off until the next step of this whole process. Mm. Because I just needed her to move beyond staring at the blank page. Yeah. And she needed to have a strategy for getting started. And that's what you need to tell people very early on in the story. Mm-hmm. Give me yeah. all that information early on in the story. And some of them are not simple photos. Some of them are not real people. Some of them had multiple people in it. Some of them had only animals. It was wide ranging and we started with very realistic images and I got increasingly more complex and I love this cartoonish and it really was challenging. I've never done it with a visual situation like that. Yes. I've done it with a book. Right. Never done it with just a visual like that. And there was no prompt. I love it. I love By it. By design. Mm-hmm. Because she was and is so concrete and with a book there is a correct answer. And you also have all the other demands of decoding and all that other stuff that you have to retain. And for her, that wasn't the skill that I wanted to work on. I wanted to purely work on this getting started skill. Mm -hmm. So then she went back and she wrote the sentence for each one. How many did you have? We probably stayed in this phase for three sessions. Okay. Starting with the who, what, where, yeah, and when, and then moving into the sentences. It was probably three or four sessions. Yeah. Let's say. Okay. Because we're just building the skill and I wanted it to be automatic and I didn't want any sort of resistance or pushback or, to be honest, whining mm-hmm. from her about mm-hmm. it. And so she really mastered it and she knew what to expect. And as soon as I pulled the iPad out, she's like, okay, here we go. And really, Rachel? And then she would immediately get into it. She would try to convince me to be the one to write who, where, when, what. And I was like, no, girl, you got this. You can do it. <laughs> you got to build that independence. And she's the type of kid that if she can have someone do something else for her, she will. Which, by the way, total respect. I'm that way too. You definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. So total respect. And then the next step became, okay, now I'm giving you the whole thing. I'm giving you who, what, where, when. Then write the first sentence and do it all at once. Uh-huh. Then we went back over all of these and she had to add a second sentence. But the second sentence had to introduce or push the story along or create a problem. Okay. And we kept doing this until eventually she got to pick a couple of these stories that she was creating that she could then expand upon. Uh huh. And it was such... A mind-blowing experience for me because I'm seeing this kid who could not get started and now she knows how to get started. Yeah. And this isn't going to work in every scenario. Scenario, but for the type of writing that she was doing at that particular time in her class, with the feedback that I was hearing from the teachers that getting started was really difficult for her, and we hear that all the time. This was just really a special exercise for her that alleviated her perfectionism. 
allowed for open-endedness. When you have a concrete thinker, it can be very difficult because it either is or it isn't. And it forced her to see the gray. So that was the strategy that I wanted to tell you about, Steph. I love it. I'm sitting here trying to think about who this would help. That's awesome. I'm into it. I can send you the link of the New York Times. Yes, please. I'm pretty sure I just Googled visual images and this list of images. Now, it is the New York Times, so you want to look at them before the child does. Fair. But there really wasn't anything that was inappropriate in any way. So it was just a great resource that kind of had all these awesome photos in one place. Yeah. It was great. I love it. It was great. It sounds fun. So Steph, is there anything else coming up that we want to let people know about? Yeah, we have a few guests coming on the podcast Mm -hmm. that we think you guys will enjoy. Yeah, if there's anything that you want us to talk about, let us know because we're going to be writing some episodes soon. Smarties, today is March 17th. And if you have not submitted your application for Learn Smarter Pro and you've kind of been hemming and hawing and we've been emailing with you, we have decided to keep the application open until this Friday, March 20th. But that will be the hard deadline, guys. So get your applications in. You can get that application by emailing us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com and we'll shoot it right over to you. As a reminder, Learn Smarter Pro is our six-week program for professionals where there will be professional and individualized support, behind-the-scenes business trainings, group coaching, and more. We will be doing trainings in this group that will never be offered on this podcast. And we talk more about that in episode 94, if you want to go back and listen to that. This group is going to be kept small by design, and we have some amazing applicants already in, but don't hesitate. We want you, and we want you to join us. And so if you're interested, even if you have a small inkling that you might be interested, reach out to us, and we'll have that conversation with you. We will only be accepting applications until March 20th, so get that in, Smarties. Now back to the episode. That'll be that, Smarties. We'll see you in the Smarties of the Learn Smarter podcast Facebook group, and have a great week. Have a great week.